Welcome back to Kind of Funnies in Review. Pixar in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every Pixar movie as always. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Pleasure to be here with all of you. The Big Dog, Kevin Coelho. Hey, hey. Christmas in April, Joey Noel. I accidentally opened two Diet Cokes. <laughs> That's a two Diet Coke day, Joe. Oh, I can't wait for this. And we have the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Joey, that's your body's way of telling you it needs more Diet Coke. I don't know if that's true. 100% if true. If I had a Diet Coke for every time my body told me I needed one. Uh, bro, here you go, Joe Cannonball. I'll be right there with you. I'm going to open one right now. You got to open two. Tap away. Get on our level. Oh, this is, my, this is my, my third today, so I think I'm okay. I think I qualify as in the cool kids club. Only three is your limit. <laughs> you can watch this show twice a week on youtube.com slash kind of funny and roosterteeth.com if you want to listen to it just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review if you want to get the show ad free you can be cool like our patreon producers the nanobiologist and tom bach uh, who are both patreon producers making this show happen and also they get to watch the show live as we record it how cool is that kevin it's pretty rad dude Cool as that. Cool as I'm rad. Cool as that. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That's, is that what I was good. supposed to say? Why was I supposed I'm to say lo- that? No, 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 no. You, you nailed it, but then they just took it to the next level. You know, <laughs> that's right. where I want to be on this episode of In Review here. Uh, we are brought to you by BetterHelp and Babbel, but we'll talk about that later. Let's get right into it. Today, Frozo. <laughs> good. Everyone's favorite in Incredibles character, Frozo. <laughs> Frozo the clown. <laughs> We're talking about Frozo. the Incredibles. That was a runtime of one hour and 55 minutes. It was released on November 5th, 2004, uh, directed and written by Brad Bird. He's directed the animated feature films The Iron Giant, The Incredibles, Incredibles 2, and Ratatouille, as well as Tomorrowland and Mission Impossible Ghost Motherfucking Protocol. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, after the box office disappointment of the first feature, The Iron Giant, uh, he moved over to Pixar and carried over much of its staff to develop The Incredibles. So that's pretty cool. Uh, music was done by Nick. I'm going to need your help here. Mike show. Damn it. I was looking to you for some, some real I help. Gotta, I have to look at it. I have to look at it and be able to see it. Giacchino? Giacchino, I think. Giacchino. Giacchino. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this dude for a bazillion times. Yes. Yeah, he's the guy that did all the. He did a bunch of Marvel stuff too, right? He did that. And he did all. He did the new Star Trek. Uh, the yeah, the song for Star Trek. He did the Star Trek reboot bum, bum, soundtracks, bum, 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 bum. the Rogue One soundtrack, uh, the Spider-Man MCU themes, Doctor Strange themes, Mission Impossible Three, Four, Jurassic World series. He's working on the Batman upcoming. Giacchino. A lot of dope stuff. A lot of dope stuff. A budget of ninety-two million and a box office of six hundred and thirty-three million dollars. Uh, in terms of awards, this is the first oh. Pixar movie. What's up, Andy? He's working on the upcoming The Batman movie. Sick. He's great. Stuff. First he's, the new Han, he's the new Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer fell off. He's the new Hans Zimmer. Mm. Uh, awards. This is the first what? Pixar movie to win an Academy Award oh, for a category yeah. other than Best Animated Feature because uh, it won Best Sound Editing since Monsters, Inc. got a Best Original Song. The film won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, beating two DreamWorks films, Shrek 2 and Shark Tale. Oh, I can't man. believe Shark Tale was up for Academy what an upset. Award. What an upset. <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a dry year that year. <laughs> as well as going best on. sound editing at the 77th Academy Awards. It also received nominations for Best Original Screenplay, uh, Best Sound Mixing. Uh, it was the first Pixar, Pixar feature film to win multiple Oscars. Very cool stuff. Dude, so fun the shots for you here. Was Shark Tale not good? I don't it's, remember enjoying I mean, it. 
It's the it's early DreamWorks, Kevin. Um, it is I mean, so DreamWorks, Kevin. But like it's ten out of ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, but well, so it's Prince of know. Egypt and it's ten out of ten. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm talking 3D, where it's like, let's just be Pixar. Smith, we want Kevin, to be you're Pixar. Th- Kevin, you're thinking the Emperor has new, the Emperor's New Groove. That's what you're thinking, not Prince of Egypt. No, I was thinking Prince of Egypt. What a good movie. Good movie. Joey, right back there. me up on Emperor's this one. Emperor's New Groove. Great. Emperor's or... New Groove so Ooh, much better. never seen it. Whoa. Okay. All right. Shark Tale is a 6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 36% <laughs> <laughs> approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's got, also got Will Smith <laughs> and Robert De Niro. Yeah, Will Smith. Delaware, that's what you need to make. Jack that's Black, what you need. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith is the mark of a true blockbuster hit. Ziggy Marley. You only know about Shark Tale is that it has that like, there's a car wash scene, right? I feel like where they did like okay, a maybe I did I remember the fish. Tale. I remember them trying to make the fish look like because Will Smith plays like the the goldfish, right, or whatever this is. Am I crazy? He's just no, got. You know no, what it reminds. You know what when I look flounder, at Shark Tale's flounder grew up. When I look at Shark Tale's wow. face, it reminds me of Seaman, the Dreamcast game. Man, let's never watch this movie, and let's talk about a better movie. In the whole movie, there's 35 explosions, 189 buttons being pressed, oh, that's awesome. and approximately 640 gunshots. I love things like that so much. Joey, what did you think about The Incredibles? I thought it was really fun. This is easily the most like stylized. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's right. Which I have now rectified. Um, It's (laughs) I really like the style of it, like the even the animation and how it's retro and the way the music is uh, not choreographed. That's not the right word. Orchestrated. Utilized, basically. Yeah. Yeah. um, To feel like very retro, like 50s, 60s and stuff like that, I think is really, really cool. And I think that's like my favorite aspect of the movie um i think the story is really fun i think the characters are fun um it didn't hit like have an emotional resonance with me which is kind of what i was expecting out of pixar at least based on like the last few that we've watched um but i guess other than that i really liked it it was really fun i was telling tim this earlier when we were talking i had a moment in the middle of the movie where i heard it's like the it's like the really spy-ish kind of music. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've heard this song before. I swear this is the song that they play like during part of the WandaVision credits. And then I was like, my brain was going and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I haven't covered this. I was texting Andrew Goldfarb about it. He was like, oh my gosh, you should make a TikTok about it and go viral, LOL. And then it dawned on me, no, not in the WandaVision credits. It's just the sound that people use on TikTok when they talk about WandaVision. Mm. And I should really maybe spend uh. this time on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what I should be doing. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Uh, it's just an absolute delight. The cast is great. Uh, I think it's, like Joey was mentioning, just one of the most unified in terms of just singular visions of what is supposed to be here. Like It feels like Brad Bird kind of controlled everything and said, this is the vibe we're going for. This is how I want the music to be. This is what I want the art direction to be. It's just, it's really, I don't know, unified. That's really the only word I could think of. It's fun as hell. Characters are great. Um, is that, is that a uh, homeboy from all of the Kevin Smith movies as Syndrome? Yes, it's Jason Lee. Yes, it is Jason, Jason Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just love Jason Lee as Syndrome. It's your classic. You know, you get wronged by the duty love, and then you turn bad. I. It's just great. It's all around fantastic, and it's fun as hell. And all I could think while watching it is like, let's remaster The Incredibles 1. Pixar, yeah. let's I'm remaster this. Let's put it back through the pipeline. 
Let's add some new lighting. Let's add some new textures. Keep the same voice acting. Keep everything else the same. But let's remaster. Let's make it look a, bit, a little bit more updated because it's kind of shows its age in some spots, but still fucking phenomenal. Absolutely great movie. Nick Scarpino. Yeah, think? man, I, I couldn't agree. I think this is as close to a near perfect like superhero movie as it gets. I I love this movie. I think it's 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 like one of my top ten all time favorite movies. And every single time I watch it, I'm just blown away by how. Everything is set up perfectly for a great payoff at the end um, that is both thematic and also physical. Uh, the shot where the, I remember specifically two shots in this movie that we'll get to and I'll probably lament to get on it because I'll forget that I talked about them already. But the shot where they where um, they finally all come together and they, they hug each other for a second and then they realize there's more danger and they strike the pose is on on par with with like the the original avengers pose strike for me i just that moment was so good and everything built up to that and then of course my all-time favorite moment pretty much across the board in any pixar movie is where dash is running and he re- he looks ahead and he sees water and he closes his eyes for a second and joe to to your point about the music and how well it's utilized it cuts out and you just hear that and he opens his and and, and just a look of exhilaration and like fucking hype on his face as he realizes he's literally running on water and the soundtrack just kicks right back in it's just i love it i look forward to it i love this movie put it at number one we're done okay where's he going there's no door over there <laughs> I, I really enjoy everything about this movie this is interesting though because this is the first time i've rewatched a pixar movie and i've seen this movie multiple times but this is the first time I went to watch it and was like, why does this look like utter trash? Like, so much of this looks like an unrendered, like... Unlit, not fully rendered type stuff. Like, the stuff that Paula works on before someone else gets a pass. The (laughs) previs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's shocking because, like, ants and stuff. No, not ants. Bugs (laughs) Bugs Bugs Life. Life. Like, I, I... Remember it looking not great. Finding Nemo, I remember the water looking really cool and everything else looking fine. This is the first movie that I think that they were rewatching the Pixar thing where I was like, whoa, my mind prettied this up quite a bit. Uh, I mean, that obviously yeah. didn't change how I felt about the movie. The movie's so much fun. Uh, as soon as I was done, we started Jack Jack's av- Adventure. Or- oh. What are, you know the, the little like guys in it? Yeah, yeah that's, not that's not on our list. That's not on our list. You guys are missing out, you guys. It was right there. It's yeah. five minutes and it's goofy. It's just the other side of the like uh, the what uh, he's messages. doing the whole time. Yeah, the voicemail is it's uh, she's leaving the babysitter. But yeah, it was a blast. This this thing, Jason Lee's so good in it. Oh man. Yeah, fun fact about Jason Lee: he was cast as Syndrome on the strength of his performance as Azrael in God in. Dogma. Dogma. Uh, That's cool. When and he brought J- that Jason exact Lee same energy. <laughs> as Buddy uh, first enters Mr. Incredible's car, Mr. Incredible stutters over the boy's name, and he ends up saying Brody. Brody is the character Jason Lee plays uh, in, mm. in the Kevin Smith movies, which is super cool. fun. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with all of you guys. Pixar movies, so far at least, like they just can't can't miss. Like this is another hit. It's amazing. I do really appreciate how different it is from the other ones, and I think that uh, in terms of where I'd rank it. 
uh, I'd, I'd put this a little lower because it doesn't have the Pixar magic that Joey was talking about of like that emotional level of thematically and all that stuff. I think that this is like Andy was saying a lot more straightforward than the other movies so far. And what Kevin was saying about the, the visual look of it all, it's because it's humans. You know, we've been talking about Pixar being so good at building worlds around the toys or the bugs or the, uh, the, the under the sea Fish. and uh, monsters. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to this and it's, they're dealing with humans and I just don't think the I, art and CG was quite there yet for this because the, dealing with the humans makes them look really, really, really kind of like rough. And it just, it's not a fault of the art style. The art style is fantastic. You, I mean, look at the character designs of the family versus Edna Mode. Like there are choices that are brilliant uh, and work really well. But yeah, it's just a remaster would go a long way to not be a distracting like, oh, this is showing its age a lot. Uh, visually, but I think from a story perspective, it is like Nick was saying, so so damn close to perfect. The the one bit that really is a letdown to me is the final fight scene when they throw the the big the, the leg oh, back I at it to defeat it. it. Mm-hmm. Be, and I, the only thing I don't love about it is that they're not working as a team. It's just Mr. Fantastic kind of throwing something and Mr. then Incredible. ducking out of the way. Well, yeah, Mr. Incredible, and then just ducking out of the way. It's like. For as great as the moment of their first kind of team up when they have the pause and they all fight together, that's so good. And then the second fight just kind of felt like you always need to have a better fight the second time than the first. And I think this one really kind of missed the mark in terms of that, of adding up perfectly. Wasn't bad. It just Mm. kind of was a little lacking compared to the rest. See, I well, that that part never bothered me, and I'll, and I'll disagree a little bit with you guys about the emotionality of it because I feel like it's Mister, like the 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 relationship between Mister Incredible and his kids and his family, and that moment where like he thinks they're dead is it crushes me every time, and and just the idea that when he, when they're all, I, I love the style of this and that I think the kind of the part of it is like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to hit that for a second. Then we're going to get right on to the next thing. He has that one moment where he's like, I'm sorry, kids. Like I failed you. And I, I should have been there for you. And it's like realizing all these mistakes made in his past. Meanwhile, Violet like uses her powers, just rolls out and, and frees herself. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But we got some shit to do. Um, but, but and, and on the art style, obviously like the art style is what it is, but I think that speaks to how, how good of a movie this is and how creative the choreography is, is that I'm still blown away when I watch the fight scenes that I think they're actually better, like it hold up, if not better than a lot of the stuff we see, like in even the Marvel shows, like they're just so creative and their powers are so well balanced against what syndrome's capable of that you feel the stakes at every single step of the way. I think what Kevin was trying to mention was more of like, uh, I, I think, it's not the fact that they're humans that bothered me at all, because I thought a lot of the human animation looked fantastic and the models were great. Some of the I could see, awesome. I I could see some of the issues where, um, there are certain like weird kind of bumps and parts of their body that shouldn't have bumps and shading because it's just hey, like Andy, it's those a part of way how, put a little cream on. <laughs> it's part of how to, like the three part of how the three D model gets made. But I I kind of agree with Kevin where I was talking more of just. There are certain environments that's like, what? The yeah. lighting just looks weird. Like, we need a couple extra lighting passes. Yeah. It looks like step two when they add all the comp in, you know, then like mm. three looks better and then four has, you know, the background or whatever. Um, I was just talking more of just environmental lighting. Let's remaster this. That's going to be my goal for 2021. I, I, was, I was just going to say there's a bunch cool. of texture things that like bother me where it's like, at one point, someone's wearing a flannel shirt. I think it might be Violet. And like, there is no texture on the flannel print. It's just. You know, it doesn't look like an actual piece of clothing. It just looks like they slapped on the te- the print, and they were like, "All right, it's fine. We don't need to take it any layer uh, closer." 
Um, which is interesting because at this point they'd done Monsters Inc. and the hair textures look so good there. And also like the sky, there's a scene where someone's standing on the like the top of a waterfall and like it's a top down shot and you can see that like the the like cliff that they're on, the the rock just looks like it, it like the, there's almost no check texture on it. It just looks speckled. there's no depth to it. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, very flat. Sky is like that too a lot of times. It's remastered. Something I was really uh, impressed by rewatching this movie for the first time in a while is that it's not just a dope superhero movie. Like there's so many cool spy elements, and I think that the the music is obviously inspired by you know old James Bond and, and things like that. But even like the Mission Impossible vibes that that come from this, like this is such a great love letter to both the superhero and spy genre. And it's surprising, especially now, so many years later, 16 years later, uh, with so many more uh, superhero stories told in every single medium possible, so many quality superhero stories, that this kind of has so many great elements of all of them. And it's it's one movie that sets this world up fantastically, sets characters up, both superheroes, villains, family dynamics, like past, present, like all this type of history. And it deals with things that we see in Civil War, that we see in you know, a post-Infinity world that we see in just like the get, gathering together and origin stories, but it balances them all in a, in a very, very effective manner that I think is what really makes this movie stand out as a, something special as a superhero movie because it very much is a superhero movie as much as it is a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one more thing I want to know uh, about the like emotional strengths of this movie is I, I think that it does have it, uh, like an important message or not message but like you know how all of the pixar movies have kind of like a theme i think that uh this one just doesn't resonate with any of us uh it's it's uh what it's uh, parenthood like a midlife, kind of, yeah. well, no i think it's a midlife crisis like mr oh, yeah, fantastic definitely. like puts his family <laughs> in a like or mr you're right and puts his family <laughs> in a, well it's funny because nick said it, i like laughed and i've been thinking about it mr incredible puts his family in like tremendous danger not thinking of the consequences and it like it reaches the lows that he thinks he had his like he killed his whole family so i it's just one of those things that, that, like, that, it's hard to relate to because you know we're not was any of this it. worth it was sinking out this thrill worth it you know i mean i'm not going to say that maybe it resonates with me because i understand what a midlife crisis is but jokes. like <laughs> yeah that's uh no but, it, but it's true like i mean you know i do i do I, i'm old enough to to look back on my past and, and see some of the good times and bad times and i i understand what it feels like to 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 want to relive one's youth uh except i would dare i say i don't think my youth was nearly as exciting as uh mr incredibles because he was uh tall mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah. kind of all it was mm-hmm He's got really small feet, though. He's got he really tiny small, little feet, man. Little tiny feet, yeah. <laughs> All right. W- would you trade that? And probably not. Please tell us the story. Yeah, Nick, tell us the story. <laughs> no Newman involved in this one. No, thank no God. Newman, unfortunately. Thank God. Three, his, thank God. His, his talents were not needed for this, The Incredibles, Tim, because as you said, this is a superhero spy movie. And it's got style. And you know what Randy Newman does and does not have? 
Wow. Either of those things. He's just a blunt instrument you hit oh, bang on. against the piano come until on. the same theme comes out over and come over and on, over again. Man. Bring it. You know what they need? This is what they need. You want style, you want substance, you want a hearty, you want a, you want a hearty meal Tim. You got to bring in the Italian guy. You got to get Gigino and bring his little short ass in here and have him pound away at those keys. This is going to be great. Why am I insulting everyone now? I love everyone. You said it though, not I love everyone. Uh, the Incredibles, man. We start with these old four by three interviews of Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, and Samuel L. Jackson, proving why they are arguably three of the greatest actors ever made. Uh, they talk about secret identities and settling down to have a family. And I love all this stuff. Uh, and then we get a dope ass title sequence in the first action set piece. And the music here is just bangers man uh mr incredible spots a car chase and then transforms both himself and his car and again they want to talk about creativity right using using all of the fun tropes of the spy genre right he hits a button goes flat in his car and it changes his outfit why we didn't need to see that because it's cool right and then the car changes also which i think is kind of another play on the fun joke uh there uh, and then, of course, before, as he's going to uh, fight crime, he sees an old lady who needs to get her cat out of a tree. So instead of climbing the tree, he uproots the tree and then starts shaking the shit out of it to get the cat out of it. Uh, and then right when the cat drops, he notices the car chase coming around the corner and he swats at the car and stops it. Uh, what's this up? was the first time that I noticed that this is the older this is the old lady. He then helps as uh, like two minutes later. Oh. Never noticed that before. But I was like, she looks familiar. And they put that together either. Yeah, and then two minutes later, it's like, oh, she's the one that's trying to get her claims adjusted. Mm. Oh, I never noticed that. That's funny. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, of course, when he gets back into his car, Incrediboy is there waiting for him. Uh, he's Mr. Incredible's number one fan, but he's more of a stalker. So Mr. Incredible ejects him and heads up to take out a robber, uh, which when he gets there, Elastigirl beats him to the punch both uh, figuratively and literally. She knocks him out. And I love how they have a quick conversation where he's like, I did that. And she's like, no, no, no I was here before you. And then even the criminal's like, no, no, I mean, to be oh. fair, she, she did get me first. And he's like, shut up. Uh, and of course, you're not quite sure what their relationship is, uh, but he kind of, uh, you know, she's like, what are you doing later? And he goes, I got something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm prior, prior engagement, I think is what they, uh, is the words they use, which is fun because it's a little play on words too, as we'll see in a little bit. This um, is the longest Pixar movie to date, right? I think so. About, about it's an hour fifty-one. Hour fifty-one. No, 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 no. Like, like just like oh, oh, where so we far, are in absolutely. Interview. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's one fifty-five. I think what, is, okay. what it was for this one. Yeah. He asks, sorry, he asks her what she's doing. She's previously engaged. Uh, then he spots Frozone chasing after a helicopter, and then Frozone. What I love about this is like, if you notice, Frozone chased after the helicopter, and then he screams back, "Shouldn't you be getting ready?" And then we don't see him again. That's a whole other thing that's happening, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and then he saves a man from falling to his death. Uh, but as he as he as he punches him through the glass by accident, uh, he realizes that Bomb Voyage is robbing the bank on that floor Great of man. that building. Fantastic. I love all the names of all the fucking heroes and villains in this. Yeah, They're just so fantastic. perfectly campy. Perfectly well done. Uh, but Buddy interrupts yet again with his rocket boots and wants to be Mr. Incredible's ward. But when he gets rejected again, he thinks it's because he doesn't have powers. And quote, not all superheroes need powers, which become his defining trait. Uh, Buddy wants to prove himself by going and getting the police, but he fails to notice a bomb stuck to his cape, which results in a track, uh, train track below uh, being blown up. And Mr. Incredible once again has to come save the day by stopping a speeding train before it falls off the rails. Uh, Bob speeds off to the engagement, but he's late for what is actually his engagement to Elastigirl. And I loved this when I was a kid, or I shouldn't say when I was a kid, I guess when I was a 
20 something 28 year old love you so much yeah, sorry my bad i put it in here but sometimes you type stream of consciousness but uh yeah. it comes out fantasy fulfillment uh i thought i thought this was such a cool thing right like where he walks in and i was like oh he's actually getting married to her and then the prozone has that one moment where he's like pop your mask he has to take it off before he goes uh in front of all of the people that are at his wedding they both say, I do. And Elastigirl follows up with, as long as we both shall live, no matter what happens. And then Bob goes, hey, we're superhero. What could possibly happen? Cut to immediately, they get sued. Turns out the guy that Mr. Incredible just saved didn't want to be saved. Uh, and he so suffered a dark. bunch of injuries. I know, it's yeah. really dark. Fucking but dark. I, but I mean, listen, dude, Civil War before Civil War. These guys got it made. I mean, Marvel, I mean, you're about to get fucking sued by Pixar, except you're the mm-hmm. same company, so you can't sue yourself. I tried one time, and the judge was just like, I'm throwing this out of court. Yeah. I was like, I'll throw myself out of court. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you, Judge. Oh, you're, you're out of order. Judge. <laughs> judge like, this is, judge is like, this is traffic court. You're not even in a lawsuit. Anyway. Uh, here's a, um, this is kind of what I wanted, uh, what I was pointing out, how in the early days of 3D, when, when you use like the older ways of modeling, which obviously this movie is kind of based on the older sort of, um, the older ways of modeling, the... Here we go. Like his right pectoral, there's just like so much weird. Are, are you all seeing this? Oh, sorry, yeah. it's kind of out of frame. No, it's a little bit oh, out of. Oh yeah, I see. You're oh right, no, right, no, right. but the, I mean, but the, the people in the uh, yeah here. Let in me here, here we go. See, Andy, I think you might be it's mistaken now. Yeah, his yeah. his pectoral is just like bumpy in a way that doesn't really make sense. That you could tell, like they don't want those bumps there. The amount of times that I would model something, and be like, why is it? Why are there weird sort of shapes going on here? And that's just kind of like how how shit worked. And there shouldn't be shading there. Those aren't his muscles. That's just like a fuck up in the geometry. But uh, we've mm. we've gotten past that. We've gotten now. Better. Gotten now better. I will say this, Andy. None of mm-hmm. us actually have pectoral muscles, so we don't know what they look like. <laughs> you can make your stuff. I do. You Science can. isn't there. Very true. Science go far in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Of course, uh, this opens up a slew. Of lawsuits, which results in the government initiating the superhero relocation program, which uh, absolves all the heroes from, the, from their liability uh, so long as they disappear and never practice superheroing ever again. Cut to Bob. Question. Yeah. Do we think that uh, the superheroes, were they employed by the government? Because it definitely seems like Mr. Incredible doesn't have. I think, the, I think they were like working with the government. I don't know if they were employed per se, but. Because he has Rick, right? The handler guy that's like cool smoking guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Be out one last he's time, awesome. So, but I don't know if that was like his guy back in the day or what, but it's cool. I'm just saying, who, make who the prequel. That guy? I'm going to look it up. Good question. I, I, um, oh, you know what? In part two, I think it's uh, the guy who plays Mike Ermintrout. Oh, spoilers. oh yeah, future, future that's spoilers. awesome. That's okay, cool. Bud Lucky. Whoever that is. Bud Lucky. Bud Lucky. No idea. It's probably some, it's probably some old actor that Brad Bird was like, I really want to work with him. Everyone's going to freak. And everyone's like, who's Bud Bud? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, cut to Mr. Incredible, who is working at an insurance firm and has put on a couple, uh, looking a little bit more worse for the wear. But guess what? Still a good guy, uh, which we see him help uh, to Kevin pointed out. The same old lady as before. And he's given her all the inside scoop on like how to actually beat the system. He's like, I can't, I shouldn't tell you, or I can't possibly tell you to do this, this, and this. And then she starts writing it down, figuring, getting hip uh, to what's going on. I also just want to give a shout at, out. That was me at Best Buy, dude. Just like, oh, yeah. turn it, I mean, if you turn in the phone tomorrow, you get all the money back. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> just like, a, and then uh, uh, I love the visual here. I put a note where, again, you want to talk about like good visual storytelling. He's this massive man in this tiny cubicle, and he's the only his is the only cubicle that has the cement column that's like the support structure. So it's actually taking up half of his space as well. So he just has no space. Oh which, yeah, <laughs> which is really really cool. Um, Gigantic and, uh, fucking pillar. <laughs> it's unbelievable, and, and he's the only one that has it right. So it's like yeah. it's so funny because he's stuck. It's like that visually gets across the fact that he is physically and emotionally stuck in this spot which is cool uh also shout out to wallace sean who plays his boss Hell yeah and so is good. great in everything that he does <laughs> i'll never forget when i read the uh, biography uh for william gold i think it was no i was actually read the history of like the verbal history or not verbal history of uh, princess bride and everyone said that wallace sean was just the most delightful person but he was always unbelievably nervous he was gonna get fired Every single time. That's he was just, hilarious. He was just so sure he was going to get fired. Everyone's like, you're so good. And he was just like, no, they're going to fire me. They're gonna That's fire amazing. Me. Um, on the right. Uh, let's see. That same day, Elastigirl, who is uh, Helen, gets called to their son Dash's school because uh, he's using his super speed to harass his teacher. Uh, on the right so home, of course, funny. she's so kind of sympathetic to him here, too. I thought she was going to lay into him when I first watched this movie, but she's not. She kind of gets, she's like, listen. I know you've got these powers and you want to use them for something like sports, but we can't do that because you're just too damn powerful. Everyone will figure it out or put the family in jeopardy. And then uh, to which Dash says, dad always said our powers were nothing to be ashamed of. They make us special. And she's like, yeah, but we're tired of moving. So stop they, using They them. took his character design to like a thousand. They needed to pull it. it back a little bit. I love, like, it. I love he, it. I love it. He just doesn't match with anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> he, he looks this like, right he looks, he looks like, he looks like a been, Hey Arnold character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's been mentally broken down too he looks by, like stewie if it... uh, Dash. <laughs> yeah i know i love it i don't i don't know who plays that that uh character but he did a good job the actor did a good job there um let's see over at the high school violet has a crush on tony but is too bashful to make eye contact so much so that when he looks her way she turns invisible uh great scene where mr incredible gets home and breaks his car so he picks it up to throw it and when he does uh, it, it reveals one of the neighborhood kids on a tricycle, oh, and he's like kid. terrified. <laughs> it's awesome, but uh, I love, by the way, that again. You want to talk about just just the perfection of beats that are set up. That that comedy of threes, right? We see this kid one more time, and then by the very end of it, he just happened to be there witnessing that final fight, and he fucking that loses his awesome. shit because it's so cool. It's so great. Uh, that's my wife's favorite part of the movie. She's like, "Did you get the part with the kid with the tricycle?" I was like, "Yeah, we're good. We're there." <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. We also meet Jack Jack who uh, will be personally responsible for uh, maybe, maybe not one of my favorite scenes in the second Incredibles, uh, which I watch over and over again sometimes when I need to smile. Uh, Helen tells Bob that Dash is in trouble, but Bob is more excited than angry because he's like, how fast did you run? He's like, the camera couldn't see me. And it's like, they're just kind of nerding out over the powers. I love it. It's like, you're missing the point. Uh, And then the family, of course, this causes an argument because uh, Bob is a little bit distant. Um, and then uh, they're not a normal family, of course, though. They're a super-powered family, so when they argue, they uh, Dash runs around and hits her in the head, and then she uses her – Violet uses her force field to stop him in, like, in his tracks, and then Mr. Incredible has to lift the table up with Helen wrapped around it, and it's a really, really cool um, – actually kind of sad visual because Bob is, in fact, depressed, sadly. Uh, but not for long because Frozone, uh, who was Lucius – interrupts to pick bob up for their bowling night and it turns out tim their bowling nights a lot like our bowling nights where we just mm-hmm. sit in cars and listen to the police scanner except instead of police scanner you and i just go get starbucks listen um, to the feeling myself playlist on spotify yeah <laughs> which by the way joey uh, tim knew <laughs> he was like is this feeling myself on spotify i was like 
It is. You were just listening to it. Like, it you took like three God. songs, and I'm like, yeah, I know this one. I know this one. But by the uh, way, Roger uh, texted me over the weekend. It was like, hey, what was that playlist you and Nick were talking about? So now Roger's jamming out, man. I love oh, it's it. so good. It's so good. Um, let's see. They get a call to a fire uh, and they go save some people, but unfortunately Frozone, uh, all the fire has sucked all the oxygen out of the air, all the moisture out of the air, excuse me. So he can't save them. They gotta do the old fashioned way uh, by bursting through the wall into the next door jewelry shop. Uh, and this is how I love this scene. And you want to talk about Samuel L. Jackson just being like, listen, the guy can lead a movie, but he's also just a great utility player, right? He's like, I'm going to get a drink of water. And he's like, I'm just going to get I love some it. water. <laughs> so and then freezes the guy. And and again, talking about how this how well this movie shot, we don't need to see it. We don't see what happened until the other cops come in and they walk past the guy who is still alive and awake and his eyes are moving, but the hit so both fun. himself and the bullet in front of him have been frozen. What a great visual. What a great way to tell this story. Um, Samuel L. Jackson was cast as the voice of Frozone because Brad Bird wanted the character to have the coolest voice possible. And, and they knew it. who to get. And it's like, yeah, yeah of course. But I, so to cool. your point, Nick, I love this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I The moment that they end up in the jewelry place and like the alarms go off and like the cops are there, it's like such a moment of like, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm already relating to these characters. It's been five minutes in this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. already feeling where they're at. And I, I'm rooting for them, which is like such a – Sign of a good movie, and Pixar knows how to do them. They sure do. Uh, Bob tries to sneak in, but Helen is waiting for him and calls him out on uh, on going out there and fighting crime and basically wanting to relive his glory days instead of, quote, being present for what's happening now with the family. Great scene where they talk about letting their kids be extraordinary. This is... It, it's it, to me the heart of the movie, right? Where it's that it's that argument of like Helen wants to keep their kids safe and wants to just move forward, and Bob wants to like give their kids the opportunity to be as special as he knows they can be, even though it might put them in danger. It's such a good like kind of diametrically opposed like parenting thing to do because neither of them are wrong, but neither of them are one hundred percent right either. It's a great little yeah. I love that back and forth of. I, I said I'd be back later. Yeah, if you came back at all, you'd be back later. <laughs> like it's just such a it's a husband and wife just, you know, what the hell are you doing out there with the fucking little brownie popping out of his mouth, the little crumb falling down. So I good. I forget um, how much I love Holly Hunter I until know, I watched dude, this movie. I and I was like, I feel like they could have gone so many different directions with her character. And Holly Hunter is such a kind of off choice for it because I feel like they could have gone someone like way more cartoony or whatever but the way that she plays it I feel like is so grounded and the chemistry that she has with Craig T. Nelson is 10 out of 10 and I mean and and I think the character itself is three-dimensional and I don't mean that as a pun I mean that like it could have been Mr. Incredible's story and the family could have been secondary but I really do think they they make at least with with Helen and Bob like and like they are the main characters they are the ones that have this conflict and they're both real and yeah holly hunter just brings such such just amazingness to this role that you just you kind of even in this argument you're like as they're talking like i see both sides oh i see his side i see her side like they're not they're just these two powerful people who care about their kids and it's it really comes through and of course then the kids are there because you can't you can't hide anything from super normal kids, let alone kids that can run at the speed of light or whatever the frick Dash can. And he goes invisible. <laughs> also, his name's Dash. I, Fuck yeah. Well, so was, cool. What I he love about have... that was his his full name is name's Dashel, right? Yeah. But they call him yeah. Dash. Yeah. Fucking right. So <clears throat> think about it. I'm just like, saying, as people start to procreate, think about it. That's a dope fucking name. 
I'll think about uh, it. A fun fact for you here is uh, DC Comics objected to the name Elastigirl uh, due to their character, Elastigirl. Uh, the spelling's different. In this one, it's all one word, but for them, it's Elastigirl. A compromise was reached where outside the film, so promotional materials, et cetera, toys, all of that, Elastigirl is known as Mrs. Incredible. Oh, that's cool, hmm. I guess. Like, this fucking be cool, DC. Like, what the hell? Yeah, DC. Come on, don't, man. Don't you want to be have a good movie? <laughs> don't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah, don't you, know. One, don't you have one character that's uh, represented <laughs> on the cinema that people care about? Um, oh, there it goes. That those are the comments right there for the rest of the time. Tim, why'd you let us go there? Tim, why'd you let us go there? It was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> See that, Andy? Push it off. Yeah. Push it off. Uh, Before we push uh, it off, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. A lot of us take care of our bodies, but last year and even this year have been so tough that we might also want to take care of our minds. Uh, There's a misunderstanding of what therapy is. It can be whatever you want it to be, whatever you need it to be. It doesn't have to be sitting around talking about your feelings, although sometimes that helps too. A lot of people battle with their temper or their stress is about to kill them, or they have depression, anxiety, PTSD, the list goes on. If this is you, you can use therapy to get some tools that make life easier. We've all had those moments where it's just nice to just have somebody to talk to. Uh, When everyone is struggling with with something, there's no more shame. You don't have to tell everyone your personal business, but you can talk to a therapist about it privately. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. That's a great option. I know a lot of people uh, are a little uh, scared about doing all this. There's a lot of hesitation based on uh, privacy and all that stuff, and no need for that. Whatever works for you is available here. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. You can join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. Uh, this episode's sponsored by BetterHelp, and you listeners out there can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp at betterhelp.com slash morning. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash morning. Betterhelp.com slash morning. And also, shout out to Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Oh, man, I had to take Spanish. And despite the fact that I grew up with Kevin and his family speaking Spanish around me all the time, I did not do well. I did not do well at all. I wish that Babbel was around then to help me because, good Lord, everyone knows school could not do that for me. Now, thanks to Babbel, the number one selling language learning app, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family or you just have some free time Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world it's really cool stuff Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go greg's always talking about how he's trying to learn little cute french phrases to impress his wife jen it's fantastic stuff that's a sign of true love everybody Babbel designs their courses with practical real-world conversations in mind things you'll get used to in everyday life other language learning apps use ai for their lesson plans but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language language experts. That's pretty cool. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Uh, start your new language learning today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code MORNING, for an extra three months free. Babbel, language for life. Go for it, Nick. Of course, the next day, Bob gets fired. So uh, instead of dealing with that like an adult, he throws his boss through five walls and uh, breaks every bone in his body, which I was like, oh, well, of us haven't wanted to do that to a shitty boss, though, you know? 
I know, mm-hmm. I know. I've had so many bosses now that I'm like, come fucking meet me in the streets, bro. Put your badge down, put your gun down, and let's fucking mono to mono fist the cuffs. <laughs> I mean, I'm, sh- I'm shocked we didn't get a the boys invincible style murder right here. <laughs> like to be, thrown, <laughs> yeah. to be thrown through this many walls, I just expected to see a pulp of like a body stuck against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bob gets home, uh, and the same kid from last night is there. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, he's like, what are you? I'm waiting for what? I don't know. Something amazing." <laughs> and he's like, <sighs> "Walks inside." Something amazing, I guess. What a yeah. like a memorable line that I, when this is one of those movies that I just saw a lot of times as a kid, and it just it just feels good, man. It just feels good to watch again. All the the quotable quotes, the memorable characters. It's a fucking solid movie, dude. Of course, he opens a piece of mail carrying an iPad with a message from Mirage inviting him to take uh, take down an experimental robot that's run amok at a remote test facility. If he accepts, he'll get uh, triple his annual salary. And quote, you can still do great things or you can listen to police scanners. And Bob's like, well, fuck that. Uh, and he stares at all the cool news articles and memorabilia from his day as the amazing musical score plays until the message self-destructs. And it's way too much uh, smoke, it. and it make, brings the smoke alarms uh, or fire alarm rather. Everything gets wet, and then it cuts immediately. Cuts to him uh, hair drying off all the books, just miserable. Like, but how fucking awesome is it that Brad Bird then goes on to make a Mission Impossible movie after this? Right. I, mean, I would if I saw him. I'd be like, ah, uh, you, you're he really good it. at making spy movies that are action based. Like, let's go. That was always the coolest thing leading up to it. It's like, oh, this is Brad Bird. This is this is Incredibles director. Holy shit! That, that I remember that being one of the more anticipated things leading up to ghost protocol and it then became probably one of my favorite mission impossible movies indeed uh he next lies to helen and tells her that the company is sending him to a conference and then gives mirage a call to accept the job uh bob soups up and heads to the island as mirage preps him to take down an advanced ai robot but bob has been putting uh putting on a couple pounds every year and his belly sticks out a little too far to make it through the launch tube so there's that little fun comedic beat where he's like (laughs) it just shoots him out um when he finds the robot eventually uh, deep in the jungle, they start fighting, uh, but it proves harder than expected to take out. Uh, he gets cornered at the bottom of the volcano, and this is a great scene where he like throws his back out because he's too old, and then the thing grabs him and pulls him, and then it puts his back, uh, which I was <laughs> – it puts, it puts his back back in a line. He's like, oh, thank God. Uh, and then realizes that the only way to beat this thing is to go inside of it, uh, which I have thought many, many times about uh, just various no, different yep. things that I have to yep. battle, guys. We're there. You know, We're there. Just okay. get in there. Uh, Rashida and- Jones looks like she could play Mirage. 100%. She could have played Mirage. Ooh. You know what's funny is I like actually didn't know until – this last watch, I was like, who voiced Mirage? It's Elizabeth Pena, who, if you look up a picture of her, if you're not familiar with her work, she's oh, been yeah. in that kind of stuff. Yeah. A million I was like, things. oh, shit. That was cool. She did a great job with that. Also, am I the only person that thought Mirage was going to have superpowers and she didn't end up having superpowers when I, you first I mean, watched this? They imply she's a super. She says people yeah. like us. But she doesn't do anything. So, I thought she was going to be able to make you see shit. She's smart. Elizabeth Pena, she passed, right? Oh, she may have. Did she? I think, I think she did. Yeah, uh, yeah. 2014. Well, 2014. Yeah. That sucks. <clears throat> um, of course, Bob goes, uh, burrows his way inside and then and then uh, watches as the robot, uh, his claws, his spiked claws, which are the only thing that can penetrate the armor of this thing, uh, break through and just rip it apart. Uh, and then it dies. 
uh, syndrome and Mirage watched from a monitor in their lair, which is built into the uh, the side of a volcano, complete with Dope. a wall of lava that parts at will. So, it is so cool. Freaking cool. The shot That's... of both of them sitting down, just so cool looking. What a, Ridiculous like one of those perfect, one perfect shot sort of things. Um, but also just not very practical. Let's just talk about how the heat would probably get to them. And when they are eventually walking through, there's no way that you're not sweaty and just gross. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. You're that you're, close to yeah, lava. I mean, me? you're missing out on the whole point that when you're done with that day, your abs are fucking tight. Like, you take that shirt <laughs> off and you're just, <laughs> Yeah. Dude, you know. It's, it's really funny. I totally worth it. The, the actress who played Mirage yesterday, I was like, she looks hella familiar. Where do I know her from? She was in Batteries Not Included. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was written by Brad too. Bird. Was it no really? way? No, no you're lying. It was, was. Lying screenplay by Brad Bird. Wow, he's telling the truth. <laughs> Y'all look huh. like idiots. It all comes full circle. Tell you gotta guys? tell you, gotta tell you. I questioned myself there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was uh, right though. <laughs> I went. Yeah, it was either Tim. It was either Brad Bird or Chris Columbus. They wrote yeah, everything. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say. I, I once went. Uh, this is the only time I'll ever be able to bring this up uh, organically. I once went on a, on a tour to ILM. And uh, I got to see the little robots from uh, Better. Oh, I would cry. And it I would was fucking cry if I saw those things. One of the most magical experiences I've ever had in my entire I'm crying life. Crying right now. Yeah, I'm just crying right up. now. Yeah, dude. It, speed those of just writers and things like that. Uh, with this movie edited and said produced by John Walker, real big. I was like, you motherfucker. And like, that's the dangers of names, man. <laughs> People get no, names get associated with bad things. You're like, I never want to hear the name John Walker again. Captain America fake uh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, Bob returns home a new man and starts getting jerked by lifting trains and buying sports cars. Uh, also, he and his wife smooch a lot, and it's real nice, Tim. Uh, he spots he a little pep back into his step. They are banging a lot. They are banging a lot, let me tell you, dude. Like The amount of times that she's pulling him back into that house... Mm-hmm. To just like get some of that, like uh, she's stretching left and right. It's amazing. No, I like I, I like when he pay, he gives her a little pat on the caboose and then walks all the way down the hallway and then she pats him because she's got the arms. She's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? Looks back <laughs> and she's like all the way down the hallway. She's so, like, yeah. it's, it's cute. It's very cute. Uh, and then of course uh, he spots a little tear in his original suit, so he heads to Edna E mode to fix it. Who, like my mother, immediately tells him he's gotten fat. Uh, <laughs> Edna's having like a crisis of her all the way, and it's like, what? I know. Like, but you know what's funny? So I used to be a size thirty six. I think he measures himself when he's finally done, when he's kind of like jacked out but still big, yeah. and he's like a thirty six. He's like, I'm happy with that. And man, I did not look like that when I was a size thirty six. <laughs> not You're short. You're still short. Still vertically yeah. challenged. Uh-huh. Good lord. Uh, Lily Tomlin was considered for. Edna she would have been great. Not considered. Too. She was gonna be it, uh, but turned it down when she heard Brad Bird's uh, vocal performance for the demo. I was like, "What do you need me for? You got it already." That's awesome. <laughs> Fucking yeah. Lily. Badass. That's so cool. That's so a bad. Funny. Bad ass fucking thing to do if you're Lily like, Tomlin. Believe in yourself, Brad Bird. You're fucking talented. Yeah. That's this cool character job. is great. Has some of the best lines in this whole movie. And of course, her uh, whole backstory is that she is the designer uh, for all of the costumes for uh, all the supers back in the day, but is now unfortunately saddled down with using her talents to uh, design for what she says is supermodels. She's like, there's nothing super about them. I used to design for gods. 
Uh, but Bob's that like, moment is listen, so good. that's so good. With, with the wide yeah. shot. With the statue. Yeah. And I love like everything comes like in her apartment is that like deco style, super sharp uh, style with everything like gods throwing thunderbolts and stuff like that. It's super cool. Um, uh, but Bob's like, listen, all I need is a quick patch job. And she says, oh, this is an old mega mesh suit, uh, sturdy, but ugly. She tries to throw it out. But he's like, no, no, no you can't throw it out. She goes, well, I'll, I'll patch this, but I'm also going to make you a new one. And he says, cool. I would love uh, to have a cape. And she says, no capes. <laughs> and he's like, why not any capes? And then they go through the funniest montage in this whole movie where she's like, so Do you remember good. Thunderhead? What about Shadow Girl? And of course, Shadow Girl is the one that gets caught in a jet turbine on a dino guy. And then there's Splashdown. Uh, and he goes, fine, I get it. No capes. Uh, but just p- patch the suit and I'll be good to go. Uh, Mirage calls with a new assignment. But Helen overhears the call this time. And this part is very sad for me. Where she's like, Bob, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. And it's like, oh, you guys just need to communicate a little bit better. And Bob, maybe stop lying to your wife. Um, you know, also she's going to figure it out. Because if you start bringing home three times your annual salary every weekend. Some she's questions gonna like, are going to come Who up. Who are you yeah. killing? Like, are you an assassin now? <laughs> Helen's not stupid. Uh, Bob flies to the island in his new red suit and lands underwater, which is cool. He's greeted by Mirage and taken to his room, which has a hell of a view. Uh, back at home, Helen spots the patch job in his suit and immediately knows it's Edna's work. Uh, he calls her and she tells her to, uh, Helen to come on over. Uh, Bob heads to the conference room where he thinks he's going to meet with Syndrome, but is immediately attacked and overwhelmed by an even bigger robot, Enter Syndrome, uh, who comes in monologuing like a mofo. Uh, he is, after all, Mr. Incredible's biggest fan, and Mr. Incredible finally realizes, holy crap, it's Buddy. I should have killed that kid when I had the chance. Let the Kevin, uh, this guy, Kevin, you this, had your this guy, looks, this guy looks like CG in a commercial. It's terrible looking. Yeah. <laughs> He, it really like does. Commercial. It looks like, like a prog- a progressive auto commercial. Oh god, right? that's like local. Like it's a local commercial. Progressive is being nice. It looks like General. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. A, that's a yeah, general yeah. insurance yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, where you camera's gone. Oh, oh, there you go. Here we go. Uh, I was gonna say, oh shit, what were we just talking about? No, I guess I lost it. That sucks. Oh, uh, we're talking suit. about like no, no, the new yeah. suit. I. I like his blue suit way more. Oh, yeah, it's way cooler. Yeah, okay, cool. But all, right. all of them all together look, so look cool. They all look so cool together in yeah. the red, yeah. The red pops for sure when they're all together, but him by himself, I think, I mean, I'm with Cap. Be- I like blue and black way better than, than the red and black. But, but I'm also the type me. that just loves colorways. I love the oh my God, alternate yeah. colors. Like if, it, it, I don't know, if there's like a five-year anniversary of The Incredibles and then they commemorated that by wearing different costumes, I would probably think those were cooler than the ones they're wearing. Like if they went like <laughs> all red or all black or something, like, oh, that's cool. I love that shit. Uh, let's see. Uh, they fight, uh, but Bob catches him monologuing and hurls a tree trunk at him. But unfortunately, even that can't stop Syndrome, who uses his zero-point energy to stop Bob so right cool. in his tracks but ends up accidentally throwing him over toward a waterfall, uh, which Bob jumps off uh, and hides in the water as Syndrome tries to blow him up. Uh, Bob escapes into a cave where he finds the remains of Gazer Beam, one of the other heroes that Syndrome used to test all really of dark. his robots. Very dark. Uh, <laughs> before he died, Gazer Beam carved the words Kronos into the rocks in front of him, which I always thought was a cool name. Uh, Helen heads to Edna. Cool who was, How do you real quick, I do... I think he was probably the same as Bob, where he was like, I'm doing some investigation here, and then ended up getting killed. Like, you know, it's like, how long do you, you're like, how many, how, how many times can you use the, like, oh, my robot went crazy until I'm on the third one. You're like, hey, fool me once. You know what I mean? Like, stop making these robots. Um, I, I do want to say that the, the turn and sort of the reveal of Syndrome 
and his introduction, uh, reintroduction, I guess, to Mr. Incredible. I, I think that's the part that I like least about the movie. I think him revealing himself to Mr. Incredible and saying kind of like, hey, I was the bad guy all along. Or I'm the one who's kind of been, co- you know, coordinating all these things here on this island. It it felt kind of anticlimactic to me. I, I thought that there wasn't. I felt like there should have been more of a kind of lead up and slow hints and Build reveals. Up. Yeah, because yeah, it's just it's just syndrome popping up and be like, hey, I'm the bad guy. Remember me? You fucked me over. Now I'm bad. And it's just like and Mr. Incredible, I expected more of a. Wait, you're oh, you're the fucking kid. Well, hey, how's it going, kid? Like, I wanted there to be a little bit more of a we're nice to each other, but you fucked me over. And Mr. Incredible slowly realizing, oh, my God, I did kind of fuck you over. It's just kind of a little too quick of a reveal. And I think this is my least favorite part of the movie. It feels just a little rushed. I wanted more. I wanted more uh, of a slow build to the introduction. I Uh, I do think that, like, it's very fitting for Syndrome to be like, oh, now this version is going to kill him no problem. And just kind of be like, all right, well, I'm revealing you because you're about to die, you know? Yeah, I mean, also the character is like, I can't wait. Obviously, can't wait to reveal himself because he's been spurned really by... don't like saying this. <laughs> his idol. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? He, like, he, like I, I, I always found that as being, like, incredibly indicative of what, of what the Syndrome character would do. Because you have to imagine he's just like Mr. Incredible is the the guy he wants to just rub it his fucking face that he he pulled one over on because uh, he's hurt. You know, he's he's a hurt, that hurt little kid. And Mr. Incredible was a dick to him. Um, I unfortunately like I'll agree with Andy on one point, though, that, like I feel like they should have had a little bit more of a resolution to the story. But hey, what are you going to do? I'm with Andy entirely. And I think a problem this movie has is that unlike the other uh, Pixar movies so far, this is comparable to other things. So any storyline that's similar to the ones that we've seen before, we're comparing it to those. So when they don't live up to it entirely, it's a little like, oh, this kind of feels lesser than it, it could have been. Whereas the other things are so complete for what they are. But I don't think Syndrome's a bad, bad guy in general. Like, I think his motivations are well-founded. And I like, I, 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 I find it entertaining what his motives are, or like what he, he's trying to accomplish. Or basically, he's just like, hey, I, you, got, you hurt my feelings back in the day when I was a kid. And like it crushed me, and now I want to basically make the need for superheroes go away. And I'm going to do that by by using my brain and my tech. And though I've already outsmarted you, and I think the sign of any good superhero movie is that when the bad guy and the the protagonist square off for the first time, if I feel scared for the protagonist, that's good. And I did in this where it was like he's so overpowered by the robot, and that energy beam that Syndrome has is like just unbeatable. That I'm like, how are they gonna? How is one person gonna be come close to beating this guy? Spoilers, the whole family does it. Mm-hmm. I think so much of it too is that Jason Lee just is is so good that it such, makes the, kid, hate him. the villain, yeah, more endearing in like a weird way. Yeah. Um, I think if it would have been anybody else, I feel like I wouldn't have been as sold on it. But yeah. I think that Jason Lee just nails it. I feel like he gets that like iconic uh, villain monologue too of like. You said I couldn't do it. I created weapons for a bunch of things, like explaining his whole backstory and like filling mm-hmm. us all in. But it's also so perfect for what they had set up with uh, Mr. Incredible just being like, yeah, no, you're just normal. Stop, you know. Uh, continuing on, continuing on, Helen heads to Edna, who's overjoyed to show her off her latest creations, which are super suits for the entire family machine washable this time. That's new. Uh, when Helen asks what's going on, Edna replies by asking Helen an even more important question. She's like, do you know where Bob is? Of course, that night, Bob sneaks out 
uh, uh, excuse me, sinks about one of aboard one of Syndrome's monorail cars. Love the design of these things. Love the design of how they all come together and like the all from all the different tracks, like a little circle later. Um, but and then again, the blocking here, which is like he thinks aboard one, and then it cuts to the guard's perspective, and it, like it stops and goes. And like, what the hell's that? And then you just slowly see it getting thrown at them and they, they die. They're gone. Um, when he gets inside, he sneaks through the lava wall, uh, partially by trying to use that like giant statue that he had. And that's a fun little comedic beat where he yeah. finds them coming through and he has to put it right down. Um, uh, I did miss a part where, where he lobs a rock at a dude's face and just <laughs> the guy just falls like three stories. <laughs> I, <laughs> this is funny. I wanted to say at that moment, I was like, huh. I wonder how involved these henchmen are and like whether they're just hired to like guard. They're not. They're, they're, Kevin, they're not. Fuck, they didn't sign up for this shit. No, they're not signing no, up to have guys on, lob on. rocks at their faces. They, but they did. Because remember later when they're in the RV. Oh, they're taking bets. They're those taking fuckers, bets yeah. on like mm. people like fucking yeah. getting killed and stuff. They're taking shots whenever anyone yells or something. And it's like these guys are pieces of shit. So blow them all up. Blow the rock to their up. heads. Blow them all up. Blow them Let all God up. sort them out. Absolutely. Uh, when he gets inside, he sneaks through the lava wall uh, thanks to uh, Mirage coming out. And he almost barely makes it. To Kevin's point, he's like sweat when he gets there. Uh, and then he winds up in a cerebral-like room with a computer that opens to the password Kronos. Big the computer screen, has, man. Dope. The computer has details of all the past heroes that battled the different versions of the robots and died. Dozens of them. But the Seems new robot. Really fucked up as well. Really fucked Really up. dark. Really messed up. Uh, the new robot, of course, that's unbeatable, will be launched into the city in under eight hours. Uh, Helen, I calls- love this scene visually. Like, I loved having him walk into the Professor X-esque like room with all the, the screen and stuff and looking at it. And I love the files when it would bring up the robot and the hero and it'd be like, <laughs> killed, killed. And then there'd be one killed killed and it would yeah. like switch back sometimes the robots very, lost yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool it was cool to show like that was that's such a a, a touch that like you have to really care to show that because it could have just showed a bunch of heroes dying but like very very cool i really wonder uh, what is... the inspiration was for the guns shooting these black blobs at him like i don't they're it's terrifying such a, though it's it's such a so weird cool. like obviously you see them pop out of the wall you just assume oh they're guns and they're gonna but what you know like what was the inspiration to say these black blobs that stick to you and stick to the ground? I think it's such a weird, creative thing. And, yeah, they are really terrifying because he's powering through most of it, but they, they just get overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed yeah, you get fast. Overwhelmed. Uh, back at Edna's house, Helen feels very sorry for herself until Edna reminds her that she is Elastigirl. Quote, you will show him that you remember he is Mr. Incredible and you will remind him who you are. Now you know where he is. You will confront the problem. Fight, win, and call me when you get back. I enjoy our visits. <laughs> He's oh, one of the man. best Pixar characters, I feel like, in existence. Make a movie for, about her. So much, like, for so little we get of her, I just love her so much. And I feel like She's she so puts a really fun flair on the movie. Uh, of course, Helen, uh, I, I skipped a point where Helen, uh, Edna put a homing device in his suit. And when she uh, when she turned it on, that's what that's what caused Bob to get caught. Uh, Helen calls a favor in to borrow a plane, but the kids catch on and spot their new costumes. In route, the tower fails to respond. So Helen, thinking twice, pops on her super suit. When she comes back out, of course, uh, Syndrome, uh, I'm sorry. We cut back over to Syndrome, who comes to torture Bob so he can figure out who the homing device signaled. They play him a transmission, a live transmission of Helen's call to the tower, and he realizes, oh, shit, she's coming for me, and she's in danger. Back on the plane, Helen discovers Dash and Violet have stowed away. Thankfully, they lined up a setter for Jack-Jack. 
Uh, before she can turn the plane around, nice. Syndrome launches two missiles at them. Uh, Helen pleads with the tower to disengage as Bob's listening. Since there are children aboard, she screams at Violet. And I, this seems so stressful to me because she's like, Violet, put a force field around the plane. But Violet just doesn't know how to deal with that pressure and can't perform. Uh, but of course, when she notices her daughter failing, she snaps into action, rolls, scoops up her kids in a giant ball and shoots out the back of the plane as the missiles hit it and explode everything. Uh, of course, they knock her out, but she wakes up just in time to parachute them down as the most of the fuselage above them comes crashing down above them. Um, Shout outs to the scene. Like the, God, the fucking flying, awesome, dude. it was so intense cutting between the, the actual like Elastigirl flying the plane and then the uh, radio conversation being broadcast mm-hmm. in front of them. I it's weird where like it's not a dogfight, but like it looks really cool the way they handle it, the way oh, she dude. handles it. Yeah, but it's also like lightning fast, right? And this is the thing like when you we we obviously made a lot of fun of like slow motion in, in other projects, but like they're not in this man. Like it's it's good choreography, lightning fast. Your brain registers it, and then boom, we're gone, and it's very exciting. Because you're like, whoa, holy shit. It feels like a superhero who was trained just saved you because you were in this spot too. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, right? It's like when that's Tim's like, point. Nick, don't run that red light. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's gone. Run, run the red yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fun fact about this this scene is that, and to back up what you're saying, Nick, about how it, how it feels, um, uh, Holly was saying that she wanted to make sure in the way that Brad wrote this, they wanted to make sure that all of the stuff she's talking about felt accurate with the radio conversations mm-hmm. to like imply a backstory of her being military trained, her yeah. understanding that stuff and, and all that. Yeah. It's just like, again, that's just unsaid things, but her talking the way she does and understanding the things the way she does, it shows abort, she has abort. a history yeah. in this stuff. Very it's cool. Intense. That's very cool. Also, just like the way she fights is so fucking cool. And feels she's rad as fuck. And feels man. like she could fuck people up, which is super important because she feels like she can hold. Like that character feels like she can hold her own against anyone else in the universe, right? Like Bob's super strong, but he's not that fast, and obviously he can't do what she can do, which is cool too. Um, you, these guys are like government trained. Think about I mean, it, dude. It's a big conspiracy. We'll see when Tim gets to that part where he has to talk about how this is related to Little Mermaid. Oh, <laughs> whatever well, it's a, a Pixar interview. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this week it is about the government training. So, Kev, stay tuned. Ooh. Uh, Bob the freaks and grabs. <laughs> I was trying to say Finding Nemo, Joe, but at my Starbucks the other day, they were listening to like a Disney playlist and the Little Mermaid song was on, so it stuck in my head. Yeah, when they fall in the water after the aircraft, you see Nemo down there. Yeah. Like, where am I? I don't know where I am. Yeah, I'm lost. I'm just going to keep swimming. Bob freaks and grabs Mirage. He threatens to crush her, but Syndrome calls his bluff. He's like, You're not going to crush her. And then he lets her go because he's not a bad guy. He can't do that. Uh, and then he quiet, they quietly leave him to weep, which is very sad. Out in the waterfall, Helen rallies the family to head to the island. Uh, they're, they're all freaking out. She's like, hey, we've been in this situation before. I got you. Don't worry about it. And Tim, how does she figure out how to get them ashore? She forms a boat out of her own body with <laughs> so Dash awkward. as the propeller. With her head, like, <laughs> as the masthead. Like it's like, good <laughs> lord. No, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the masthead. That's something way different. It's the masthead. But it right, just right? looks like, it looks like the beginning, like, uh, how they have, like, you know, creatures Mermaids. or, like, mm-hmm. yeah, little statues built in or carved into the front of the boat. It just looks so awkward to me every time <laughs> this scene cracks me up. It is masthead, Andy. Yeah, masthead is the, the top of a... Um, article and it's also the ships i knew it was the top of the article of the because mast. of social network exactly i'm in the masthead that's my uh what's his that's my yeah, impersonation I, I, don't, of I don't think is, is it the masthead? i don't 
I don't remember. I think he meant I'm in the like the thing that's on the front of the door. Yeah, the front of the boat. The top thing from what I'm a ship's thinking. masthead is the highest part of its mast. Yeah, so that's what the, the fuck is a mast? This oh, that's the, the stick. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what? I don't know anything, guys. Don't ever. I was wrong. Ever. I was wrong. I also you know don't know anything, so I might be wrong. What is Not the decoration on the front of a ship called? It's called a figurehead. There it is. Cool. Um, masthead sounds way better. Let's change it. Yeah. Well, let's just go with masthead. No one fucking knows. No one's going to look up a nautical term. <laughs> uh, they come ashore at night and hide out in a cave. <clears throat> Helen puts Violet in charge and gives them a crash course on the reality of their situation. She says, if you get in trouble, use your powers. I'm like, well, Dad said never to use our powers. And she's like, are you crazy? Did you not see someone just try to blow us up? Now is the time to use your powers. Uh, we- I got to go chase after your father. You guys just figure it out. Here's another okay. moment where we get like really fucking serious great line where she's it. like, uh, you know, like in the movies she's, when there's supers and, and like it's not like that. These people will yeah. kill you. And it's They'll like, kill oh, you. Shit, this is real as fuck. Yeah. And she's and Violet chased after it. I love this scene, right? This again, another scene where you're talking about like really complex character moments where Violet's like, I'm sorry for not being able to put the force field around the plane and how and helen goes no no no. i'm sorry that was it was it wasn't right for me to put you in that spot like you're not trained yeah. you don't know how to react to the situation but doubt is a luxury we can't afford now you have more power than you realize don't think and don't worry if the time comes you'll know what to do this it's in your so blood good this will be so good i know and then of course as she walks away another fun little bit of storytelling or visual storytelling is violet reluctantly puts on her mask I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but she's like, fuck, I'll put it on. Uh, Mirage gives Syndrome shit for gambling with her life as Helen rather elegantly sneaks into the compound. Um, and everything about how she uses her power here is awesome. As she's like right on top stuff. of the thing. She's hiding in the archway. And then, of course, we get the great scene where she gets caught. Her foot gets caught. And then her waist gets caught. And then her hand gets caught. And she knocks has to fucking knock. She does this thing where she like touches the guy's shoulder and then knocks his ass out. And then takes his key card and has to figure out where to put that in there. Reminds me, out. reminds it's me so, so cool. much of the comedic beats and Ghost Protocol, where they are sneaking down that hallway with the the camera yes, that yes. displays. Like it's it's just like the it's quirky and it's silly and it's you know it's but still um, tense. You know, yeah, like it's still, right around attention and fun. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's just it's fun as hell. Really, really good. Uh, the rocket, of course, that's about that was about to go off eight hours ago, is now going off. It launches and unfortunately sends a rush of fire uh, into the cave where Dash and Violet are hiding out. And, of course, Dash spots it and immediately races out, saving his sister uh, so they can get out of that moment. The next morning, they trigger an intruder alert, and the guards are dispatched to find them. Uh, Mirage sneaks over and frees Mr. Incredible, and he immediately chokes her until she tells him that his family is still alive, and then he immediately hugs her, uh, which is unfortunate timing because right as he hugs her, Helen walks in and just knocks her ass out. Uh, (laughs) Mirage really didn't like this scene. You didn't like the choking? No, I I think the, the, the choking and especially the hugging after, it just didn't feel right. Like, to me, it just didn't feel like that is how he would have acted there. And I get, like, we can make it a background to make it act that way. But just from what know this character, even if he lost his family and all that stuff, sure, the choking part. But then to hug immediately after is, like, it's just weird. It felt too intimate. It felt like a moment just to have his wife Holly catch them together. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll agree with you, except for the fact that, like, it wasn't a massive plot moment, you know? She gets, she, Helen's a professional and realizes, like, hey, there's shit going down, like, Whatever, you were hugging someone, yeah. let's get on with it, right? They, she gives them a little bit of shit for it, but that's pretty much it. Um, let's see, Mirage tells them, hey, she wakes up and says, hey, your kids have triggered the alarm and they need your help. 
And then we pop out into the jungle where the kids are surrounded by these cool chopper, like helicopter thingies. I don't know how you would. I'm just going to call them. They're awesome. Drones. They're so cool looking. And they're so cool. Uh, Violet tells Dash to run and run. He does as two of the menacing hoverblade thingies chase after him, leading to the best sequence, I think, in this whole movie where Dash runs to the jungle, takes two of them out, fights one. And the guy's like trying to punch him. He's like, and then he gets into it where he's like ducking and dodging because the guy's <laughs> like, there's no fucking way you're going to hit this kid. Um, takes those two planes out, but then looks over as two more catch up to him. Uh, he spots a lake in front of him, closes his eyes because he doesn't know what's going to happen next. And for a second, the music stops until Dash realizes that he's literally running on water. And then that shit kicks back in with a vengeance. And how does he, man. It's awesome. So good. And it's not only great, but like, again, he doesn't, we've already seen him jump onto these things. So creatively, they're like, how could he beat these things? Well, they square off. They come from different angles. He's, he's running on water and he is, uh, he's cornered and these things are coming at him. So what does he does? He just stops running. Sinks into the water and they smash together. It's so cool. It's so, so like he be- beats him by uh, by literally stopping to run. Um, yeah, where he like, runs kind of around the cave and does like the little loop de loop sonic shit. So, cool. so yeah. right. <laughs> uh, then uh, over on uh, Violet beats the hell out of one of the guards uh, by uh, turning invisible, and then Dash comes to save her. Uh, but then uh, one of the other guards gets a beat on him. Uh, sorry, I lost my place there for a second. Oh, one of the odds gets beyond Dash and opens fire, but Violet finally, without thinking, just opens up the force field and surrounds him. And he's like, how are you doing this? She goes, I have no idea. And he goes, well, whatever it is, keep doing it. And he just starts rolling like one of those giant balls <laughs> and they run down. And of course, they come out of the jungle and smash right into their family. And everyone is incredibly excited to see each other until two more of the little chopper things come in, which uh, Mr. Incredible, the kid, and then the kids like watch in awe as their parents just beat the stuffing out of these other things everyone's okay they hug for a second and then more guards come in and boom that's where we get the pose and it's dope and they don't sit on it for too long you know what i mean it's not like oh we're gonna lament on this just long enough uh and of course unfortunately they start wrecking shot but it's spoiled when syndrome comes in and freezes them all and then immediately locks them back up in the prison and tells them his grand plan i'm gonna unleash this robot onto the city and after it's caused mass destruction i'll fly in and stop it then everyone will think of me as a superhero and Bob's like, oh, man, I'm really sorry that oh, – actually, and then he leaves. And then Bob apologizes to his family, and he says, I'm really sorry for undervaluing them. You're my greatest adventure. But as he continues, Violet's like, all right, I'm done with this. and just uses your power to escape. Again, another wonderfully creative moment because Syndrome does not know she has that bubble thing. Um, they head to the hangar to find a plane, but the only thing they can spot is a rocket and a Winnebago. And, Tim, when you got a rocket and a Winnebago, you got a great way to travel. <laughs> got to make them count. Uh, this is the part – Oh man! Well, this part oh. earlier, what Kevin was talking about, where the asshole guards are all taking bets on who's yeah. going to die next in the city, and Bob just walks in and fucking houses them, and you see from the outside as the whole thing is shaking. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, is in the city, the lighting and shading just looks weird, Kevin. It's, it's terrible. Just, it's not it's quite terrible. there yet, Andy. Look they hit like, render on it. They had to walk away for a month it, for that it, one. It looks there like are no textures it really does. on the fabric. There's no textures on the fabric. He's just. I mean, he's it so kind of looks like plastic. Yeah, he's so he's smooth. So smooth. I manscaped today, so I'm pretty smooth too. <laughs> uh let's see man meanwhile another i mean again you got samuel L. jackson tim you might you got to use it right we get the great sequence that i think was in the trailer or that they showed as like a short back before the movie came out but it's like it's it's frozo it's lucius and he sees the robot you know from the window of his like 30th story apartment or whatever runs by goes to get a super suit it's got he's like honey where is my super suit and then of course they just start arguing <laughs> his, his, his wife uh is voiced by kimberly clark uh, who works in pixar's human resources department that's amazing hmm. 
That is freaking fantastic. Uh, let's see. Syndrome heads in to fight the robot, but and, and he uses his tech to pop off one of its arms. He's got a little remote control on his wrist that will come in handy a little bit later. But the AI for the bot is just too much and spots the source of Syndrome like control it. and disables like it, it, knocking Syndrome out in the process. As Another the, thing I don't love about the movie. Me too. No hint at all to this. It just kind of happens. Like, I wish there were the, the a little learning, bit of hint. The learning computer like, learned how to beat Syndrome? But it's fighting you, against itself the first time he brings it out. It's just kind of like, well, it feels like oh, that should have been. It's, it's just I mean, a quick uh, turn. It's a little too quick of a turn. Like, here's yeah, the thing. I think, I think it's just too quick. I definitely it's backed the movie, up. It just happens fast. I think the movie, we could have used this 10 to 15 moves. more minutes. But back in the day, they were like, it's already too long for an animated movie. Oh, so I understand sure. why yeah, they made some of these choices. <laughs> but I like the fact that he's just immediately beaten by this thing because he's he programmed it to be an AI learning bot and beat everything. And so it learned how to beat him. Not too hard. Also, pretty obvious when you're doing this shit and, uh, and your arms are <laughs> popping off. Um, but I'll agree. It could have used. I mean, again, you give me 10 more minutes this movie, Tim. I'm not going to say no to it. I'll say, okay, I'll sit down for the extended cut. Let's. How do we hashtag release the, what did you call it, up cut, Andy? <laughs> give mm-hmm. it another. Remastered. Yeah, yeah let's remaster that. this. Remaster this shit. Put a couple more seasons in. Craig T. Nelson, still kicking. Holly Hunter, it. still kicking. Kid that played I will Dash, say. Probably, uh, no, we don't, don't need to revoice anybody. No, no, no. No, leave just, them all there. I'm saying if you want to put more scenes in, scenes. let's add <laughs> some scenes in where we flesh it out a little bit. Everyone's still kicking. Um, um, I will say that it was right around this time where I was like, huh, no John Ratzenberger. Weird that we're oh not going to get God. one with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I yeah, just throw that up there. That's I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Incredibles ride in in the Winnebago, uh, except for Elastigirl, who has to unfortunately tether that thing to the rocket. And, so and we get a little fun scene where he's like, "Yo, okay out there, honey." She goes, "Do I have to answer that?" Nope. <laughs> uh, and then they land, uh, hit the ground, run, and start immediately arguing as couples do over which route to take. Uh, as they get to the robot, they roll to a, a rolling stop. In a parking spot, and Bob tells them to stay there while he takes care of the robot. And everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Listen, you got to just stay here because I'm not strong enough." She goes, "I know you're not strong enough." Yeah, yeah. He goes, "No, you don't understand. I'm not strong enough." She goes, "If we work together, you won't have to." Or he says, "I'm not strong enough to lose you again. I can't do that again. I lost you once. Stay here. I'm taking this thing out." And she says, "If we work together, you won't have to be." And then she says, echoing his sentiments from when they got engaged, "Hey, we're superheroes." What can happen? And the robot immediately attacks them. Just great <laughs> timing on this. Uh, and this whole sequence is great. Of course, Frozone finally um, uh, found his costume and gets in on it. Bob fights Syndrome's remote and uses it to detach another one of the robot's arms. Uh, tells jo- uh, There's a scene where it's going to smash him and Violet like uses her uh, you know powers, but she's not quite powerful enough. So Bob comes in and takes her. So there is some working of, of the awesome. team here. Yeah, so great. <laughs> All this stuff is just so well done and like seeing like each one of the family members save another family member like beautiful beautiful stuff yeah. and then uh, frozone being there too adding so much fun i love that we actually so got cool. to see him suited up and, and doing some stuff and the way they animated him like constantly having to throw the stuff nice. to freeze in front of him so cool. him so in action fun. is a lot of fun when the when that big wave is overtaking him and he freezes the whole wave and it kind of crashes onto the street the snow. really really that, neat visuals yeah what's what's funny about that though is that is the one moment that i was like that snow looks really good <laughs> compared to everything else like the snow almost looked realistic compared to everything else. I was like, huh, could have thought that one back a little bit, but saved yourself about a month of rendering on that bad boy on those particle effects. Um, of course, this whole thing ends with when uh, Bob remembers that the only thing that can penetrate the skin of this thing is its own claw. He grabs the thing uh, and tells, uh, tells Helen to fire it up. And she says, not yet. I'm waiting for this thing to get closer. And he goes, just do it, do it, do it. 
She fires it up. He lets it go, and it stabs through uh, the front and then puts the thing's heart out through its back and kills it. Very, very cool. Uh, let's see. With the city saved and Syndrome's asses, assets frozen, uh, Rick tells the family that the supers are going to be taken care of. And he's like, you mean we can come back? He goes, I don't know. I'm not. That's beyond my pay grade, but I'm pretty sure the government's going to take care of you and figure it out. As they're driving, Helen checks her messages from the babysitter, and they get progressively more dire. So they head home. <laughs> Great. Uh, they head home. Of course, the last message is like, oh, thank God. So thank you so much for for sending a replacement for me. And they're like, we didn't send a replacement. Of course, when they walk in, they spot Syndrome kidnapping Jack-Jack. Unfortunately for Syndrome, uh, Jack-Jack just discovered his powers, and they are severe. He is a shapeshifter and can just do all sorts of horrible shit if you're holding him in your arms, and he does not want to be held there. Uh, but, of course, he's way too high to fall. So Helen tells Bob to throw something. He's like, I can't throw something uh, at him without risking hitting Jack-Jack. And she says, you know what? Throw me. And I've often said, Kevin, throw me. I'm yeah. like your Wolverine. You'd be my Colossus. Yep. You just throw me up there. I'll get the cookies, bring them back like down. Like Gimli. Got the cookies. Exactly. Uh, which Helen does. She, he throws her. She grabs Jack-Jack, floats safely to the ground. And uh, <laughs> Syndrome's like, oh, you know what, though? I'm still going to get away, and I'm going to haunt you guys. And he starts monologuing again. And fucking Bob just takes his new sports car and just hurls it at the plane. <laughs> and then so good. we get the great payoff of the cape. <laughs> So uh, good. Which is that he gets his cave sucked into the turbine and it explodes and dies. And then another payoff as they turn around, they see the little kid with his tricycle and he's like, that was awesome. So good. <laughs> so good. Uh, we, cut, uh, we cut forward uh, later again to the school year uh, where we're at a track meet. And Violet finally real, real, asks real out Tony. Actually, she doesn't even ask out Tony. She just basically tells him he's going out with her, which is great. Go ahead, Kev. In Jack Jack Attack, they like like I mentioned earlier, they show the other side of all the voicemail, and at the end, when uh, Syndrome is is there, the girl is so like exhausted that she's like, yeah, 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 just like take him, and like Syndrome starts talking about how the S on his shirt stands for sitter. He's like, well, I was gonna I was gonna do babysitter, <laughs> but I I couldn't do. I couldn't just walk around with BS on my shit. You know, That's it's funny. just such a funny That's little awesome. comedic thing. Anyway. God, and imagine that from Jason Lee. Yeah, it's, it's so well done. It's so well done. Yeah. Uh, this is the course. scene where I laugh the most. Uh, the track meet. The track <laughs> like meet. I, or they're like, this, no, scene, no, 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 no. <laughs> this scene makes you crack up so much. Like, no, 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 no. You know, make it close. Make it close. <laughs> what, so, but you know why, Andy? Because it's homie that's watching him do this. There's like one fan, like one spectator who's watching. He's like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? And they just cut him and they're like, oh, I don't know. But it's, uh, I think it's of course, also he ends up, uh, Dash's expression. Like they just yeah. nailed the look of him being like, Okay, let me try to get. They're like, run, run, Dash, pick up the pace. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just like clearly takes it. Pull it back, pull it back, make it close, okay? (laughs) It's just fucking great. I love it. Uh, Of course, I think Dash ends up taking second in that race. And as they're celebrating, they walk out to the parking lot. And who should pop up, Joey, but the Underminer, voiced by. Ratzenberger. Welcome to John Ratzenberger. I was going to be so sad if we got a whole movie without you. You got to have it. And of course, John Underminer is declaring war on peace and happiness. And as Bob looks around uh, at his family, they're all already putting on their masks. When it cuts back to him, he puts his on too. Opens up his shirt. Goosey the Incredibles logo. Let's go. Some fun uh, comic facts and stuff for you here is the, obviously, Incredibles, loosely based on Fantastic Four, the whole superhero family thing. Uh, And that's really tied together here with Thunderminer, who is Mole Man, which is one of the most iconic uh, Fantastic Four 
Oh, that's villains. funny. I didn't know that. And yeah, it's like very, very similar looking, very similar. The drills and stuff, living yeah. underground, all that. Uh, but a fun thing that I didn't realize is uh, the makers of the Fantastic Four 2005 movie were forced to make significant script changes and add more special effects because of similarities to the storyline of this movie. <laughs> so it's damn. like, damn. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks when people start comparing, like, you know, there's another movie that came out that's similar to this, and it's The Incredibles. You're like, oh, yeah, damn, we're going to lose. Like, damn it. We <laughs> just like, lost. Uh, it's time for the Pixar theory with the nanobiologist here. Uh, there's a recurring theory that every single Pixar movie is connected in some way. Here's the deep dive red string everywhere theory for where The Incredibles fits into the big picture. Uh, the Incredibles threads come from facts given to us from the movie. Those are, we have no idea where supers come from. There's nothing bad that really happens after supers go into hiding. The government co covers all legal fees and the superhero relocation program. The government must know the true identities of every super and every villain doesn't have a superpower. With that said, let's get back to the first point. We don't know the origin of the supers, but what if they were made by the government, Kevin? Here we go. All the classics that you hear about are the superheroes made by the government for whatever reason. This backs up numerous other facts given to us about why the government is so involved and why every superhero agrees to work with them. But how could they have gotten superpowers? Through the manipulation of Pixar's most powerful resource, emotion. More information about why they disappear in the coming years will be talked about during Incredibles 2, but no spoilers on that for now. Uh, but this harness of emotion shows just how powerful it is and how it can literally alter biological life to do incredible things. Finally, Syndrome Tech, the zero-point energy, doesn't go away. This is just the first iteration of the devices that will be used for years and years to come, all of which focus on the use of emotions as a resource shown throughout these movies. I'm still lost, guys. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's uh, things are starting <laughs> to start cool. connect in some I way, and I, and I and I trust it, and I trust it. Andy, mm -hmm. hit me, hit me with whatever you want to hit me with. Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny to write your review in haiku form, just like Joe Mertens did. Love that 60s vibe. Giacchino's score is so dope. Give him a Bond film. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. That'd be, that would be sick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Samuel Griffin says, more than just a team. Incredibles. Assemble. Remember, no capes. Zade Wilson uh, has a three-parter here. Fighting evil bots on a tropical island. Sounds familiar. As far as names go, the Nomenizian Island, a bit on the nose, marital disputes, suicide, insurance claims. This is a kid's film? Very good point there. Uh, Lee Polaro says, family's outstanding, working together to win. Cape does syndrome in. And uh, we got Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous, as always, writing the plot in haiku. Bob and Helen Parr. Normal life has hit them hard. Soon, Bob goes too far. Bob's got secret work. Finds out Buddy went berserk. Edna shows her work. Helen, Vi, and Dash go down in violent crash. Then a jungle clash. Oh. <laughs> Syndrome concluded. Underminer intruded. Family suited. Ah, uh -huh, I always try to guess the so word. Bad. I couldn't. I was going to say so tooted. Awesome. <laughs> tooted. Thank <laughs> you, Miss yeah. the game, as always. Uh, let's do a little ragu bagu. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rad Guys Talking Bad Guys for the Pixar Universe 
the rankings, the list as it stands right now. Number one, Lotsa from Toy Story 3. Number two, The Prospector and Al from Toy Story 2. Uh, Noosewater and Randall from Monsters, Inc. Hopper from Ants is number five. Number six, Darla and the Barracuda and Marlon and everyone else from Finding Nemo. Number seven, Woody and Sid from Toy Story 1. And number eight, Gabby from Toy Story 4. Where do we want to put Syndrome on this list? I would say under the Monsters, Inc., guys. Under Newswater and Randall. I like that. I what, like that. What is under them on the list currently again? Hopper from Ants. Under them would be Hopper and then the Finding Nemo, then Woody, and then Gabby. God, okay, I, I think this Jason. goes above Finding Nemo. I love I, Jason I Lee's this. characterization. I just wish there was more of it. I wish he was like... I wish it was a lot more back and forth between what the hero is doing, what the villain is doing. But it kind of just all out. happens towards the, the, the last act of the movie. Um, otherwise, I would probably have him much higher. But I... I like having him below Randall and Newswater is what I have it down. <laughs> News. Oh, so Joey, you say that you want them above Finding Nemo, below Hopper? Yeah, after yeah, below. All right, so who Hopper. thinks who thinks they're better than Hopper from Ants? Raise your hand. Oh, you know what? I'll no have one. him below Hopper him. Wow, okay. Interesting. So he's gonna go well, right I after Hopper. There you go. Up, Nick, it was you I've had my I put my hand up too, Kevin. We were Yep. We were outvoted, unfortunately. Just, just to be clear, not no one. <laughs> That's fair. Why did I say no one? Both of us did. I don't know. Yeah, That's weird. I know. I know. It's you and me. <laughs> the hell is wrong with me? That's weird. Uh, I'm telling you guys, it is do. so much harder to count votes while looking at rankings and it's trying to compute so it. I know it sounds simple, but I fuck up constantly. And it, it, it's just, there's some reason, man. I don't like it. I don't it's like too it. too many things for my brain to compute. I'm a it's dumbass. A lot. All right, so... Number one, lots. Number two, Prospector and Al. Number three, Newswater and Randall. Number four, Hopper. Number five, Syndrome from Incredibles. Number six, Darla the Barracuda. And number seven, Woody and Sid. Number eight, rounding out the list, Gabby from Toy Story 4. That is your list. There you go. Now it's time to rank the Pixar movies. Currently, number one, Monsters, Inc. Number two, Finding Nemo. Number three, Toy Story 3. Number four, Toy Story 2. Number five, Toy Story 4. Number six, Toy Story 1. Number seven, A Bug's Life. Test your might. Kevin, where do you put it? I would put it as number one for sure. Wow. Yeah, I really like this movie. I think it's like so much fun. Thought out. <coughs> Deep. Yeah, Joey. I see. No. <sighs> so I think I would put it at number three, though this is a new segment I'm introducing for oh. maybe just this one episode. Oh, okay. I do think that this is the best tie into a Disneyland attraction. Wow. <laughs> the Incredicoaster. Okay. Really, really cool. The way that they handle with the music and stuff like that. I think it's number one on that side list that I haven't done before. <laughs> um, but I think I would put it at number three. Uh, real Nick. quick to retort Joey's uh, roller coaster thing. Uh, what's, what's it called? Midway Mayhem? Come on, Joe. Midway Mania? Yeah, it's it. It's just like a bunch of carnival games, though. It's not like... Makes sense for toys, all I'm saying. Especially Toy Story 4. Yeah, but that came out like six years before Toy Story 4. Well, I know. Probably inspired it. Just look at the facts. Uh, The line's always too long. It's not exciting. Buzz uh, Lightyear uh, Astro Blasters is better. Um, Joey, you have some bad takes. I'm happy when I rank Disneyland. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to keep my mouth shut here. Tim's, so. Tim's boiling over right now. Hot go take. For it. Uh, I would, I'm with Kevin. I put this number one. I, I know that it doesn't necessarily hit as hard emotionally, like thematically and emotionally as some of the other movies, but I just think it's so entertaining. And I think it's, it's so well done. And it's just a legitimately 
great superhero movie. And I just love, I love that genre so much. Again, no disrespect to any of these movies. They're all great, especially the top five at this point. Like, come on, what are you going to do? But I, I'd put this in number one because I just love rewatching it every time I get the opportunity. Andy. This is so tough. Um, I think it just comes down to what I'm more in the mood for and what movie I would rather hit play on again if I had to. And I would probably put this... I would put this um, below Toy Story 3 at number four. I think Monsters, Inc., I just enjoy more. I think the comedic aspects of it... Um, Billy Crystal and John Goodman, I think, are just so flawless, and I can watch them ba- go back and forth and be such opposites. I think they're such great co-stars with each other. Um, it also comes down to um, the those emotional beats and the movie that's going to make me laugh a lot and also cry, while also being a very competent movie, is almost always going to win. And The Incredibles doesn't make me cry, but it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you guys with this one. It, it's difficult because all these are so, so damn good. But for me, I am debating between putting it at number seven or number eight. Like, it's is Bugs Ow, Life or wow. this above it? Wow. And again, That's these wild. are all fucking fantastic movies. Sure. Uh, but I, I have the most things I feel are lacking in both A Bug's Life and Incredibles. I, I'm going to vote. I'm going to put it at number seven, A Bug's, a Bug's Life, because I think that uh, A Bug's Life had more kind of glaring issues in, in terms of what I'd be looking for out of it. Um, whereas this one had so much going for it. It just like, it just works. It's just good. I just think it lacks some of the things I look for most in Pixar, um, in terms of it all coming together. And I think I didn't say this earlier, but I, I want to, is like what I'm talking about the end scene of wanting to see them all work together, compare that to finding Nemo when the, everything that the characters have learned from the whole movie is in the one scene coming together where it's like swim down, just keep swimming. Like both the things come together for them to overcome this together. And I think that this movie has so many things that it adds up and like lobs up. And then there are moments that I'm like, Oh, I wish this could have been cooler. And I don't want to think that of a, a, a movie, especially of a movie of this caliber that is so, so damn close to perfect in my mind. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess it's time to vote. Uh, we could start at who thinks it's better than toy story Two. raise your hand. Everyone, but me who thinks it's better than toy story three, raise your hand. Uh, I, this is where I waffle back and forth. But I think I do think it's better than Toy Story 3. Kevin, oh, do- Joey, and yeah. Nick keep their hand up. Who thinks it's better than Finding Nemo? Joey's know. down, which means it is now number three, The Incredibles. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I do. I hate but it. I respect it. <laughs> Monsters, Inc. Is Currently number one. Monsters, Inc. Number two, Finding Nemo. Number three, The Incredibles. Number four, Toy Story 3. Number five, Toy Story 2. Number six, Toy Story 4. Number seven, Toy Story. And number eight, A Bug's Life. So many classic fucking movies. Pixar, man. Later this week, we're continuing with Mortal Kombat in review with Balls of Fury. Uh-huh. 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 It's what it's one of those things. Did Cameron Kennedy make me a new intro? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he did. You're kidding hey Kev, me. Uh, if I send you it to assets right now, can you uh can you pull that up? It's just it's one of those yeah. things really where I talk a lot, Andy, I talk a lot of shit on this channel about you stuff. Do. Yeah. And I don't ever expect anyone to call me on this shit. And this is me being called on this. Now you all have to watch this movie and you're gonna think a little less of me because I'm still gonna think it's the funniest fucking movie ever made. It's pretty funny. 
And then we're returning next week with Pixar in review again. Cars. It's happening, baby. Oh, God. I'm not looking forward to that. Wow. Why? You don't like cars? Interesting. I'll give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a shot. Give it a shot. Also, (laughs) Cars Land is for sure the best. Like, oh, the best one, thousand percent. Indiana Jones, Uh, Star Tours, sleep on Mr. Toads, bro. No. uh, Oh, Oh, I thought Kevin just meant on my arbitrary ranking of Pixar attractions. Oh, you're specifically Pixar attractions. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This is Mm. not overall. This is within the movies we have watched. Oh, Uh, I mean, it's still last. I love you guys. <gasps> Bye. Wow. Oh, I love we're you. not watching the okay. thing. We're not the watching the thing. The coaster is great, but it's a fucking yeah. roller coaster. This is an animatronic thing. I want to watch the thing. You said you didn't want to do it, Kev. Yeah, but like, I thought you were still sending it. I want to watch the thing. I would also like to see the thing. This is a disaster. All right. Wow. <laughs> this, this is the best ending we've ever had. Well, now it's fucking disaster. Now we all have to sit in silence for 15 minutes. <laughs> sit like in your punishment. shame, everybody. All right, I just sent it to you. Uh, and while we're waiting, Andy, I can confirm the August 1st, 2020, I think 2021, uh, Goldfish. Very good. Very good. That's really? Okay. Place. I'll be looking yeah. out for this. 2020, August 1st, 2021. August 1st, 2021. Got it. Yeah. I think it's like two months. They, they I'll be looking out for those. I got a really good bag of whole grain ones, by the way. Always always a little bit of a, a crapshoot with the whole grain ones, but they were yeah. fantastic. Great shape. Great fluffiness. These ones are a little too crispy and a little too salty, just how I like mm. them. Can I ask a question for the goldfish connoisseurs in the chat? Sure. Yes, um, How do you feel about original flavor goldfish? Don't as like for this fight? I like putting them in crackers. soup. I like putting them in soup. I think they're underrated. <laughs> There's something about them. I've never uh, thought about putting them in this, soup. Is this going to be an asset? Or? It's, it's being set to you. Oh, okay. It's processing. Okay. Yeah. Still processing. Hey, chat. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on, YouTube? <laughs> Wait, what kind of soup? <laughs> I mean, you got to put it in like a minestrone or like a like a tomato sure, soup. Sure, no, I mean, I think it works. Per- I think it works perfectly minestrone. in like just a a chicken noodle soup. A oh, progressive okay, chicken noodle soup. I could see yeah. that. Okay, mm. I don't hate it. Because I was all about I was all about the saltines. Yep. What about a clam chowder instead of those oyster crackers? Because they're kind of the same thing. It's, it's big. You know? big file, yeah. Still waiting around. Still downloading. Just a fun shape. Ooh, it's a big file. I guess I can I work on the thumbnail. <laughs> sure. We're doing this. Uh, Do you guys want to hear my I hope favorite hope quotes? Still here. I would love to hear oh, them. Still Joey, have you, you seen Balls of Fury, Joey? Would no. you like to hear my favorite quotes? Oh, I thought you meant from Incredibles. I did too. No, Balls of Fury. Uh, never mind. I, I would like to revoke my answer. I do not want yeah, to hear it. Yeah, too late. You already said yes. <laughs> the Incredibles quote that I really liked is uh, uh, when Helen walks in on, or not Helen, you know what I'm talking about, when she walks in on uh, Bob hugging the other woman and then they start fighting. And when they're walking out, uh, she's just like, Are you, is that the tone you think you should be using? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, That is such a good, uh, you know, kind of wife thing. dialogue. Yeah. So such a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Is that the tone uh, you think you should be using right now? Yeah, you're right. My bad. My bad. Dial it back. <laughs> Dial it back, Joe. Okay, ready? Yeah, I like that we're girl ready from to go. TikTok, Andy. I love her. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> For sure. Perfect. Cameron Kennedy, man. He uh, doesn't miss. Oh he does. Does. We will return later that, this week. It's the normal audio. Sorry. Oh, they get it. They get it. God, what a fucking disaster That's we are. Amazing. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>